0: What's going on, everybody? Former MLB outfielder Austin Jackson here. Look, do me a favor and go check out my man Chris Palmay's podcast, 30 Minutes Live with CDP. You can tune in Wednesday and Friday nights on Apple, Google, Anchor FM and Spotify. And you might even get a special guest appearance from yours truly. Take care.
1: hey everybody good afternoon welcome to my uh fourth podcast in four days Uh, i'm looking forward to my uh uh, show today with uh, my guest uh, Kevin Allen. He's a former longtime hockey writer with US Today for 34 years. He's also the national columnist for Hockey Buzz and he's also uh, the Detroit Hockey News uh, beat writer for the Detroit Red Wings. So I'm looking forward to having Kevin back on uh, my podcast for a second time and uh, talk about the state of the Detroit the 21-2022 Detroit Red Wings and the uh, there are young players that are in the lineup this year, like Lucas Raymond and Mortz uh, Sider, the big young uh, defenseman from Germany. So uh, I'm looking forward to having Kevin come on, and uh, we'll talk a little bit of uh, Red Wings hockey. So uh, just give me a minute, and I will have Kevin on as my guest. I'm just going to put this on here. As we're waiting for Kevin, you can follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin Allen, and you can also check him out on HockeyBuzz.com. And also, you can check him out on Detroit Hockey Now. Uh, He does constant articles and columns about the Detroit Red Wings as well. And also, you guys can check out the Red Wings website, nationalhockeyleague.com slash Red Wings. The Red Wings are off to an 8-8-2 and start so far after 18 games. They're 500. Um, they've been pretty good at Little Caesars Arena. 5-2, 5-2-0 at Little Caesars Arena. But they've struggled on the road at 3-6-1. and uh yeah five two and one at the Little Caesars and three six and one on the road so um they're gonna have to learn how to start winning some road games and lately they've uh, struggled defensively uh, as well so they're gonna have to uh, I think the goaltending's been good with Alex uh, Alex uh, Nikovich. I believe if I pronounce that name right, and also uh, Thomas Grice. So I think the goaltending has been pretty solid, but I think they still need to clean up their uh, defensive and uh, the forwards and defense. And uh, another concern I was going to talk to Kevin about is they need uh, more balanced scoring. They do have uh, the Larkin uh, Bertuzzi uh, Fabry line. But they also need the second, the third, and the fourth lines to step up. Lucas Raymond has been outstanding as a rookie. He's got uh, seven goals, 11 assists, 18 points as a rookie. And Mort Sider has two goals, 11 assists, 13 points. Give me one second, guys, and I'm going to bring on Kevin Allen, the longtime hockey writer and uh, beat writer for the Detroit Red Wings. One second. Good afternoon, Kevin. How are you doing?
2: Great. How are you?
1: Good. Again, I want to say thank you so much for giving me some time to come on and, and talk a little Red Wings hockey today.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Definitely. Um, we'll get into the questions now. And the first one I wanted to ask you, Kevin, is what are your thoughts so far on this 21-22 Red Wings uh, team? And to, in your opinion, who has been their best overall player so far in the season?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think they're a much improved team, but there's still a long way to go. Um and um boy for their mvp uh you know i'd probably have to say it's either lucas raymond or moritz cider uh, uh, i'd probably lean on uh, uh more on Sider just by saying that uh you know he he can do a little bit more than raymond but both of them have been um you know pretty comparable in terms of the impact they've had as young players and uh you know from the veteran group i'd you know, probably go with, uh, you know, Dylan Larkin. And I think it's only recently that, you know, I would give him the nod over Tyler Petuzzi. But Larkin's had a good year. Um, you know, prior to the uh, COVID uh, positive test, he had five uh, goals in his uh, five in the last five games. And, of course, you know, you take away the bad luck of, uh, you know, the one-game suspension and then the um, – uh, the missed uh, three games for personal reasons, and now the COVID test, uh, he's, he's been a, a pretty strong player.
1: I was going to say he'll probably be out of the lineup for at least, what, a week at least?
2: Well, it depends. Um, Like We haven't been told yet whether the uh, second test, which he would have received, was also positive uh, if, uh, if he had had a false positive then that second test would be negative and then the third test would be the determining factor and then it will come down to whether he has symptoms or not if he has any symptoms like for example um sydney crosby had mild symptoms but mild symptoms is enough to get you uh you know in 10 days in quarantine and you know 10 days is always three or four games so if he's 10 days in quarantine depending on when they start the clock you'll either miss three games or four games three if uh uh, they counted that he can come back on the 27th, and four if they count that he can't come back till the 28th.
1: Yeah, because that's a huge loss. Because, like I was reading in your columns, Kevin, on um, Detroit Hockey Now and uh, Hockey Buzz, too, the wings need to get more balanced scoring. They're relying on too many on the one line to get their offense going.
2: Really? I mean, it's 47% of the goals are scored by Lucas Raymond, T- Dylan Larkin, and uh, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. And that's a, a, you know, a significant number, uh, percentage wise. And, you know, it's remarkable. I, I, you know, I just put this, uh, in one of my stories because I was fascinated by it. Uh, uh, and, uh, it's terrible because I, I would like to give them credit. Now I can't forget. Uh, I, I forget the name of the website that did a study on, uh, the top lines, uh, through analytics and rated the Red Wings, uh, number two line with, uh, Pugh, Suter at center, and uh, uh, Zadina and uh, Fabre on the wings as one of the top 10 lines in the, uh, in the league. And, you know, I understand why, because of their possession time and uh, the things that they do, why you might uh, say that. But, uh, you know, to me, you can't be a top 10 line if you're not producing. They only have 21 points in 18 games. And, wow. you know, uh, you know, seven goals. No, they got 10 goals. I'm sorry, but they've got 21 points. That's not enough. Uh, you know, they've got to produce more out of that line. It's one thing to play well, but it's another to um, score goals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they need more than 10 goals out of those three players.
1: Yeah, because teams are like line up on the wings like, OK, we just got to shut down the one line and not have to worry about the second and third and fourth lines. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I just did a piece where I, I said six things they could do now. And one of the things that I think would be very important for the rings to establish is right now they don't really have a physical presence. Uh, they expected that to come from Giovanni Smith. He's really not stepped up uh, this season. He was given an opportunity. And, now it's, it, you know, I don't want to say he was given a great opportunity because it wasn't like he was getting a lot of playing time. But in my mind, um, he had uh, 98 minutes over his uh, 12 appearances, or whatever it was. And uh, you know, look, it's not a lot per game, but when you when you take it in the, in terms of the big chunk of time, you know, that's an hour and a half. Uh, and in an hour and a half, you ought to be able to do more than he has in order to. Uh, claim more ice time. And, you know, he's capable of being that guy that I'm talking about, the guy that's hard to play against that can, can produce some goals. Giovanni Smith has some skill in addition mm. to being an intimidating presence. But he really hasn't done really, in my mind, anything. You know, he hasn't really been a physical factor when he's been out there. You know, occasionally you notice him, but not very often. And, uh, of course, he hasn't been an offensive factor as well. But if you could get somebody – To play with Rasmussen. Now, what's interesting about him is he's sure he hasn't really scored, but he has started to figure out. Hey, I am six foot six, and I can effectively use my frame, you know, in that kind of third uh, line checking capacity. So, if you could have Rasmussen and maybe some other player, you know, in the Darren McCarty Barkley Good Goodrow, you know, style of play. Um, I, I think uh, that would make the Red Wings a much better team. Right now, they don't have anyone who can uh, you know, come out and be hard to play against and maybe create a little chaos out there.
1: And that's what Giovanni Smith was. Now, Kevin, I did see him a lot in the OHL with the Guelph Storm and Kitchener Rangers uh, briefly, and I always thought that he was never consistent, and that's something that he needs to work on. He's capable of being a physical player and uh, a third or – I'd say a fourth-line player, but I, I agree with you. Have there been any talks about maybe sending him down to Grand Rapids?
2: Well, they really can't do that um, because I think they feel they would lose him. Like, he did enough – at the AHL level, there's a fascination with him around the league. Um, you know, this is a guy that really was a uh, – guys really didn't want to have much to do with him at the American League level. And so I think they're fearful if they put him through waivers, they will lose him. And uh, uh, so, I, you know, I don't think they're thinking about that. But at some point, they may just raise their hands and say, so be it. If we lose him, we lose him. Um, but uh, I, I would say there haven't been too many disappointments this year, but I would say he's one of them for the Red Wings. I think they were just hoping that he would uh, raise his uh, level, and we just just haven't seen it yet.
1: Okay, and that gets to my second question, Kevin. Um, overall impression so far of the rookie defenseman Sider and Lucas Raymond?
2: Well, I think they've exceeded expectations, and expectations were pretty darn high. Uh, you know, I mean, for them to come in and be one and two in scoring, and uh, uh, for Raymond to be, uh, you know, at a point-per-game pace, uh, 19 years old. I know Jimmy DeVolano, I saw him in the media room before a game recently at uh, uh, Little Caesars Arena, and he said he that Raymond reminds him, and he's even told Iserman this, a little bit of Steve Iserman. Um, you know, that shiftiness uh, in traffic, uh, uh, the ability to plan himself, find his spot, and the quick release, and boom, it's in the net. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's shown a lot of moxie. I, like, what they didn't know is how big his heart was, and his heart has been pretty big. He's been much better defensively than I think they thought would be possible for a 19-year-old. But then, you know, the Swedish players generally come over pretty well prepared for the NHL. The Swedish system demands defensive uh, uh, responsibility. And so I, I I think they should have kind of figured that he might be a little better than you might see out of some of the other uh, countries. But uh, Insider, of course, you know, he's just scratching the surface. That's what I like. Like, you know, we haven't seen his best offensive game yet. You know, when he gets comfortable, he's going to be stepping in and to about 15 feet away from the goalie and ripping a shot from the slot. Um, And, uh, you know, we've seen, I think he's been a pretty good defender for a younger player. I love how the Eisenman brought him along. You know, he played one year in the German league before he was drafted. Then he got a year in Grand Rapids. He got a year in the Swedish league. You know, we saw him play at the world championships. We saw many um, markers. for the Red Wings to sort of judge where he was at. And they knew he was ready. Like, Steve Yzerman likes to say, you know, you're not. Well, I'm not going to hand you a spot. You have to earn it. Well, I think Moritz Sider was a little bit of an exception on that. Uh, they didn't need to see him, even though they said they did. They didn't need to see him in training camp. They knew he was ready. Um, and they didn't hand him a spot, but um, they set one aside for him. Let's put it that way. And so um, I think they're just uh, – uh you know they couldn't be more pleased with how the two younger players have played and uh you know they also have nadelkovich who still qualifies as a rookie so they really have three rookies who are playing at a high level i think uh, uh nadelkovich has uh, been in every start uh credible or strong one or the other um you know he hasn't had any poor starts even when he gave up uh you know all those goals against tampa bay you know it was his first game the defense has had a hard time adjusting to the way he moves the puck as, as he even says, you know, it's a little crazy when you look up and your goalie's in the corner, he gets it. Um, you know, so, um, I think he's, uh, done the job for him. Their goaltending is.
1: Oh, I think you just froze up, Kevin. Oops.
2: The goals against the average is 3.33. Um, and, um, their goaltending has been good. So, you know, what's that tell you? It tells you the defense hasn't been very good.
1: That's something they're going to have to upgrade. Um, so that leads to my next question, Kevin. Uh, this one I wanted to ask you. Will defenseman Simon Edvinson, uh be ready to play for the Wings in the 2022-23 season, or do you feel he'll be down in Grand Rapids for a year before coming up to Detroit? I
2: think he will be in Grand Rapids. I don't know if it'll be for the full year, but, um, you know, I I haven't written this yet, but I've been thinking about it. Like, it's not out from what I hear. Now, I haven't seen him play this year except on YouTube. But from what I hear, based on his potential, like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, you know, we still got a long way to go, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that Steve Eisen would come out with the best player out of three consecutive drafts. Like, I, you know, Mordside definitely is already the number one pick out of that draft, uh, the top pick, and Raymond might be the best player out of his draft year as well. And now from what we're hearing about Edmondson, he could be that guy as well. Um, you know, we got to see what happens with the other players, but Edmondson, um, you know, one of the Swedish uh, um, uh, people involved with the national team told me uh, just recently that he's just a monster, and Uh, There's great uh, video of him if you, you don't have to search too hard for it. It's on uh, social media of him laying big hip checks. Uh, We've seen him carry the puck down near the goal. Um, You know, he's already established a a new uh, 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 points per game record for teenage players in the Swedish Elite League. And, you know, I need to remind everybody that, you know, that's the league that had Hedman and Nicholas Lidstrom and, um, uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, so he is, he is a definitely going to be a factor and, uh, but, you know, he's still raw. So I would say that, the, you know, he'll start next season in Grand Rapids and they'll watch him if he makes, you know, steady progress. I think we'll see him. If he doesn't, they'll, they'll be content to leave him there the entire year. And, uh, then we'll see him uh, the following season because, you know, he's still young. He was just drafted, obviously, uh, several months ago, so there's still a long way to go. But the, every indication is is that the Red Wings um, have, again, won the lottery uh, in, in a certain respect. And what's interesting is I think they thought he was going to be gone um, when he uh, – at six. So they were surprised at that. But I, I think they thought Johnson from the University of Michigan was going to be available. And that's who I think they were going to take um, had uh, – because uh, they thought Edmondson would go much earlier. They thought he could go as high as uh, two or three.
1: Wow. I was going to say, and us fans, and that includes me, were upset when they didn't get the number one pick. And you know what? Sometimes it's not always getting the number one pick that gets you a good player.
2: Well, now when you're Steve Eisenman, I mean, you know, uh, he has just done a – like I don't know how anybody can find any fault with the job he's done as as GM. And I'm not saying that just because he's a – the darling and hero and walks on water as far as Detroit fans are concerned, but he just has done a really good job. You know, it's one thing to be an icon and to, um, you know, be the hero in your town, but then you got to perform and he has performed, you know, you look at his, the moves he's made and, uh, you know, look, not every one of them is going to work out. That's not the way it works in the NHL, but he's aggressive and he's not afraid. You know, it's hard to make trades. In the NHL, um, and uh, you know, you look. Ken Holland was a very, very good general manager for a lot of years. He won um, multiple cups. He kept the team in the playoffs. He made the right moves at the trade deadline. But you know, you didn't see him make many player for player trades. You know, he a lot of trades. He'd get to uh, he. You know, uh, he'd be renting players, uh, giving up draft picks. Uh, like, I, I don't see him as a master trader. Uh, I think Eisenman is a master trader. I think he's a guy that, you know, you never hear about his trades until they happen. Nobody heard a word about getting Nick Letty until it until it happened. Nobody heard about Verona for, for Mantha. He keeps everything close to the vest, uh, and then he strikes. And, uh, you know, his trades usually... Uh, uh, are favorable for the for his team.
1: Speaking of Arada, what's the time frame for him to come back from his uh, shoulder surgery, I believe he had?
2: Well, it's complicated by the Olympic break. I, you know, he's due back, I would think, right around that first week in February. But there'll be, you know, the Olympic break. And so my guess is is that they're just telling him, look, you know, plan on coming back after the Olympic break. I think the Red Wings will come out of the Olympic break. This is just a guess, but they'll come out of the Olympic break and uh, Jacob Verana will be there and then they'll have some fun. You know, if, if the lines are still going the way they are now, they'll have a decision to make because I don't think they're going to want to break up Raymond and Bertuzzi and Larkin, not if they're playing at this level. So that means Verana goes down the line two. So if, if that happened today I would guess you would move uh, zadina off that line and move him down to the third line but uh, uh I don't know we'll have to see where where uh, uh, everyone is at when that happens but you know that's gonna be a, a major of major importance um you know i don't I'm not sure that the league sort of understood uh what the, the significance of the loss of Marana just think if he was here and he was playing at the level he was playing at last season it would be a different offensive situation for the Red Wings.
1: I was going to say, I I feel Zadina needs to produce a little more too now at that age.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, he's either been slow to develop or he's been, he's not going to be that guy we thought he was going to be. Uh, I'm a little concerned that the romance of Zadina um, doesn't match up with the reality. Uh, And by that, I mean, he's fun to watch he's got some slickness to him in traffic uh you know he can make some plays but it hasn't translated into to the the raw production um like you know he gets some chances he looks like he's ready to kind of break through but it really hasn't happened and so you know maybe he's not a guy that's going to get 20 every year maybe he's a guy that's going to get 12 to 15 and maybe he's a top nine guy and not a top six guy i you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. I know they're they're hoping. Uh, I, I, I get the sense the Red Wings like him because he really wants to be a better player. He wants to be a top player, and he works at it. You know, when they give him suggestions, I think he tries real hard. And same thing with Rasmussen. I, I, I don't know that the Steve Eiserman group would have made that selection uh, of uh, Michael Rasmussen uh, the way that the Holland group did. But now that he's here, I think they see, well... He's been willing to change. He's converted from a guy that thought he was going to be a, a, a top line uh, forward to a guy that now sees himself as a third liner and is working at trying to get to better at that. And, you know, they've tried to convince him he can be Jordan Stahl, which wouldn't be bad if he could be Jordan Stahl. But, you know, I like to remind people that Jordan Stahl has been all over the map. He started out as a third liner. And then, you know, now in his latter stage of his career, he's, he's now a top six forward. So, you know, Rasmussen has uh, a ways to go until he's Jordan Stall.
1: And I was going to say, I see the Red Wings recall Joe Valeno. What is your uh, quick thoughts on Valeno so far from what you've seen?
2: Well, I, I think there's no doubt, no question that Joe Valeno is an NHL player. Um, but the question is, is will he score at this level? You know, is he a third line guy that's going to be a smart guy that can skate, match up with anybody you put him out against? Um, score an occasional goal, or does he got more in him? you know? And uh, I think the the question they had at the draft is the same question we have today. How much is he going to score? I don't think we know the answer to that yet. Um, And, uh, you know, he he does everything else well. You know, he can skate, he can check, he's added some bulk, you know, he's got a little more bite to him, Um, and, uh, you know, he's a good hockey player, you know everything about him is, is, but you know, can he score? And that's the, you know, that's what separates the Lucas Raymond's from the, you know, from the guys like Valeno, you know, there, you know, but there's two first round picks that you see and one guy at 19 that's come in and put a point per game. And then you have another guy that's been in the system for three years and we still don't know whether he can score and we don't know whether Zadina can score. So, you know, the guys that have the neck, um are the far are, are far more valuable
1: okay and that leads to my next question kevin I, i'm gonna make sure i have you done well before 230 um this one i wanted to ask you right now do you feel this year's wings team could make a push at a playoff spot and if so what need or needs do the wings need to make and quick thoughts on ken holland uh, being introduced into the hockey hall of fame
2: Let me start with Ken Holland, you know, very deserving. Um, I'm a little bit saddened that the uh, Detroit fan base turned on him the way they did. Like, I I understand that, um, you know, that the drafting went downhill. And, um, you know, certainly he should be criticized for allowing that to happen. But there was a lot of good that Ken Holland did. And he's one of the most respected general managers in the game. Yeah, you ask any other general manager around the league what they think about Jen, um, Ken Holland, and uh, you know, to a man, all of them um, have nothing but respect for him. The job he does, he really does understand how this all works, and the uh, the salary cap versus the talent, and you know, making it all fit. And I, I think he's trying in in Edmonton, but there was a lot of problems that he inherited. Um, but he still, but he does have Conor McDavid and Dry so uh, you know there, there's that. But I think he's very deserving of that, and I think, uh, um, you know, we, I, I think once there's some time removed, and the Red Wings are good again, I think everybody will start to remember how great uh, Ken Holland was for this organization and how loyal he was. And with regard to the playoffs, I, I think not. Um, you know, and I think a, a lot of that, my thinking is, is is with the other teams in the division, like they're not better than Tampa Bay or Toronto or Boston or, or Florida. Now, um, you know, something could happen, uh, you know, if uh, a goalie gets hurt to, on one of those teams, uh, you know, we've already seen with the Florida Panthers, they've lost Barkov. What if Bobrovsky suddenly was the boroski that we've seen the last two seasons. What if uh, Spencer Knight uh, remembers that he's only 20 years old and can't step up, you know, could the Red Wings possibly make a move? Well, they'd have to change. First of all, they got to get much better defensively. They're just not nearly good enough defensively. And I'm not just talking about the defense. I just think the mindset's not there. You got to be hard to play against and they're too easy to play against in my opinion. So, so I think not uh, for the playoffs, but, Um, I don't want to take anything away from the fact that I I definitely see progress here. And I think the fan base does, too. You know, they they can see, you know, they've they've had some good efforts. They've had some good games. They've um, done some things they couldn't have done last uh, year. And there's a a higher entertainment value to this team. They're fun to watch. And they have interesting players now. So um, there's a lot of good going on. But I still think, you know, that Steve Eisenman was being totally honest when he said, You got to be patient. It's going to take me some time. So even Steve Eisenman is not a miracle worker.
1: It's just like the the Pistons, Uh, young players. You got to have patience, and I call it growing pains. You're going to see games where the Wings are going to look like a cup contender, and then see games where they struggle.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, Growing pains is a a good way to put it, and um, you know, inconsistency is the hallmark of younger teams you know, where they can be good for a while, and then they lose their way. And uh, um, I also think uh, confidence erodes quickly with young teams. Uh, And uh, they start playing well, they start believing themselves, they lose one game, and then two games, and then everything's shot. Um, And I think, you know, there's a worry about that with the, you know, with even with Sider and and Raymond, Uh, you know, they've had so much success early that, you know, what if they hit a wall and uh, Raymond goes four games without a point and, you know, what will the impact on, I mean, that's just part of, you know, learning how to play in this league is to get through the, you know, the hard times. And, uh, you know, it's easy to play this game when things are going well. It's a lot harder to play when things are not going well.
1: Okay. And uh, I got two questions, but I'm going to wrap it up into one question for you, Kevin, because I know you got to get going. Who has been a, a, I've, Pleasant surprise so far this year for the Red Wings, and what are your thoughts on head coach Jeff Blashaw and his uh, coaching staff so far in the 21-22 season? Uh,
2: A pleasant surprise. Um, Yeah, I I guess I would have to say um, Nadelkovic. Um, You know, I really wasn't sure what – the Red Wings were going to get from him. Like, he played very well last year. But let's not forget that the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, a team that w- is f- much farther along uh, in terms of uh, making a run in a cup than the Red Wings are, said, mm, you know, we're, we're done with the dog Like, they, they cut him loose uh, is the only way to put it. So I didn't know what we were going to have in Detroit here with with him. And I think he has been solid. Uh, he has shown uh, to be the same goalie he was last year when he was a Calder uh, Trophy finalist. So I, I think uh, I don't know if I'd surprise is the right word, but I, I think everyone is pretty pleased that how his development was because I think they didn't quite know what they, uh, uh, they had with him. And uh, with regard to Blashill. You know, I've been consistent in what I've said about him. I know the fan base wants to blame him for everything, and I really don't think he has anything to do with what's happened with the Red Wings other than, um, uh, you know, he, he, like he and Steve Eisman are one mind. So when you're criticizing moves that Jeff Blaschel make, you need to remind yourself that he's not doing anything that he doesn't discuss with Steve Eiserman. Like that, that is their relationship. You know, Steve and he are tight. They talk all the time about what's going on. Um, You know, like I try to remind people when Horonic was benched, you don't think Steve Eisman was involved in that discussion? I guarantee you he was. Um, And most of the moves that he makes with regard to pairings and everything, like, I mean, I don't think Steve Eisman tells them who to play with whom, but, you know, he doesn't do anything without discussing it. And if Eisman doesn't like it, I'm sure he'd have no problem telling Jeff Blaschel that. So, so I don't know. I mean, I, although saying all that, you know, I think Steve Eisenman understands, as we all do, that in the NHL, at some point, it just becomes necessary to change the coach. That's just the way, the way we do it. You know, you need a new perspective, a new outlook, a freshness. You need that chalkboard to be clean, where everybody kind of starts over in terms of playing time. And that's going to happen to Jeff Blaschel. I don't know whether it'll be during this season or after this season or next season. But at some point here, he, he probably is not going to be the coach uh, when they're competing for a championship. But, you know, right now, I I think always take Steve Eisenman his word. He doesn't lie. He said last year he paid close attention. He paid out, watched all the practices. He knew what was going on with the team and he liked what he saw. In other words, he likes the way Blasio was working with the team. Now, I don't know what he feels this year. Um, but you know I, I guarantee you that uh, um, you know he if he wasn't comfortable with the coach, he wouldn't be here.
1: okay uh, before I let you go, Kevin, just a really quick uh, yes or no. will Mike Babcock be back in the NHL by the end of this year or next year?
2: I, I I'm beginning to think no so I'll, that's what I'll go with. Um, you know we're at a time when, Um, behavior that uh that went on from him in toronto and you know he had tension with players in detroit as well Mm -hmm. um you know and it's been documented that the swedish contingent were not pleased with him over his treatment of johan franzen um and uh you know because of that and i think that you know we're now taking a look at that Mm -hmm. sort of thing we know what happened with bill peters uh and so I don't think that teams will be eager to, to bring him aboard, even though he was a good coach for a long time. I know Ken Holland told me multiple times that Mike Babcock prepared uh, uh, teams better than any coach he'd ever seen in terms of game preparation. So, you know, I think he's a good coach, but I don't know that his methods, uh, I think he'll have to change his, his ways a little bit to get back in the league.
1: Okay, um, wh- and quickly, where can my uh, audience find you on social media?
2: Yeah, I'm at by Kevin Allen on Twitter, and then uh, I uh, have my own uh, writer Facebook page as well. You just look for Kevin Allen on Facebook, and uh, you can uh, subscribe and be part of my uh, my group there. But uh, in addition to writing for Detroit Hockey Now, I also write national columns for Hockey Buzz as well. So I usually do about twenty columns a month. Uh, And I cover a lot of different teams in addition to the Red Wings.
1: Okay, Kevin, Well, I was going to say, I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll definitely have to keep in touch. And hopefully the Red Wings will get a win tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights at 10 o'clock.
2: Yeah, we've already got some news there. The Vegas Golden Knights have got some uh, COVID issues as well. They've got uh, two or three players that are away. They canceled practice today. The game is still on, but... uh, There are some issues there with COVID.
1: And uh, so same with Ottawa as well. So hopefully the Red Wings don't get into that situation that Ottawa's in as well.
2: Yep. Sounds good. It's a pleasure to be on your show.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day, and we'll keep in touch. Thank you so much. See you later. Yep. You too. Anyways, guys, that was Kevin Allen, uh, the former longtime hockey writer for US Today for 34 years. He's now the uh, national columnist for Hockey Buzz, and he's also the Detroit Red Wings beat writer for Detroit Hockey Now. You can check out hockeybuzz.com and also the other website you can check out. He does really good work on these sites it's Detroit Hockey Now and hockeybuzz.com. And you can also follow Kevin Allen on Twitter at By Kevin. Allen as well and guys I'm going to just show a little clip of uh, the Red Wings uh, Calder Cup I think he's going to win the Calder Cup this year and that's Lucas Raymond I'm just going to show a couple minutes of highlights of uh, this 19 year old kid uh, from Sweden and how well he's done with Detroit this year Uh, 18 games seven goals 11 assists uh, 18 points. He's averaging a point a game as a teenager. Not been done in Detroit since Steve Eiserman. One sec, guys. I'm going to just show you a little video clip of uh, highlights from Lucas Raymond so far this year.
0: NHL seasons. Barkin shoots it in. Close in the spot. Asilewski stopped at a sharp angle. On... Kaiser got it out to center. Raymond through the legs. Kept control. Gets pinned to the board. He turns up high with it. Raymond to Sider, to Fabry, the shot to save the rebound. Lucas Raymond.
3: Down low, Bertuzzi.
0: Fabry, Bertuzzi. Oh
3: yeah. Come off the body right there. they got to keep to the outside. Let him have the puck, but keep to the outside. Raymond stole it yeah.
0: from Hughes.
3: To Bertuzzi. Back
0: to Sider, to Bertuzzi, to Raymond, to Fabry. City made. Oh
3: Lucas oh Raymond. Oh and then it... Oh All unfolded from there and a really good chance by Fabry in front of the net, but not enough room to really do as much as he might want to do. There's a little hook check on Quinn Hughes, and that's what I talked about with the Taco Bell take. Wear him down, get the puck in his corner, chase him down, put the body on him. He's played to Gagne, back to Letty, now to Fabry, back to Letty.
0: To Lucas Raymond, for Nick Letty, to Raymond. Tuzi couldn't hold the pass. Raymond's got it again for Letty. Gagne surveys. Kick plate to Letty. Now to Raymond, top of right circle. Back down low to Gagne. Now to Letty. Skate the stick to Lucas Raymond. Pertuzzi across. Gagne's got it. Letty the shot. That goes higher for the net.
3: You can see these kids on both sides playing this game.
0: Dragged across the line and onside for Raymond, and his shot got blocked by... R- Bertuzzi got it out to center ice. Jackets checked, here comes Bertuzzi, Was to get it, Letty at the point. In front, Raymond, stopped by Corbicello. Raymond again, another try. There goes Raymond, gives it to him. Scores, bingo. His first National Hockey League goal, a minute to come for
3: Lucas Raymond. Whoa. Wow! Talk about far down. Dylan Larkin with that great leg strength and speed, and they all come after him. And Raymond, right in the top, over the catching glove. That's the wrist shot that this kid showed in the Swedish league with men for the last two years. Right at the faceoff dot, in the back of the net. One nothing. He had to where he was. Yeah.
0: Different game now, mind you. But here comes Larkin with Bertuzzi SCORES Tyler Bertuzzi
3: again this is kind of a on the rush Larkin at the blue line bang to Bertuzzi two on one again a bit
1: Anyways, that clip of Lucas Raymond's highlights, uh, the rookie with the Red Wings, uh, courtesy of Puck Daily. Uh, like, again, Lucas Raymond leads National Hockey League rookies in goal scoring with seven goals, 11 assists, 18 points in 18 games, uh point a game for an 18, a 19-year-old kid, which is great. And also for the Red Wings, uh, their top rookies, Raymond, Mo Sider, who has two goals, 11 assists, 13 points, Simon Emerson, a defenseman in Sweden, is a high prospect, Joe Valina, goaltender Sebastian Koss, Kosa, uh, Jonathan Bergerlin, Albert Johansson, and Theodore uh, Mecca So the Red Wings uh, right now are a very young team, but the future is really bright, and Steve Weisman has done a great job rebuilding their farm system and drafting well. And you know what? I was disappointed as a Wings fan that I didn't get the number one pick uh, two years in a row. The Rangers and Ottawa did. But you know what? Getting Lucas Raymond and uh, Mort Sider is like uh, winning the law draft lottery because both of them are that good. Sider will be one uh, of Red Wings, one of their best defensemen for the next 10, 15 years. And same with Lucas Raymond as a forward as well. Anyways, guys, uh, just to wrap this up, the Red Wings' next two games are on the road tonight. As you heard from Kevin Allen, they're taking on Vegas at 10 o'clock, but they have COVID issues with the Golden Knights right now. And then Saturday night, November 20th at 8 o'clock, uh, they travel to Phoenix to take on the Arizona Cardinals. And then the Wings are back home to Little Caesars Arena on Wednesday, November 24th at 7.30 in St. Louis Blues. Hopefully Dylan Larkin will be back by November 27th. He's on COVID, uh, uh, the COVID list right now as well uh anyways guys also just to let you know uh my next live with cdp podcast uh Monday, November 22nd at 10 o'clock, my guest will be Steve Bell, the longtime radio play-by-play voice of the Ontario Hockey League's Windsor Spitfires and longtime radio personality for 40 years in Windsor, Ontario. Steve's going to come on and talk about his career in radio in Windsor and his uh, longtime career as uh, the play-by-play voice of the Windsor Spitfires uh, since 87 to 88, I believe, as well. And some OHL stats right now, the OHL's best face-off teams, number one, the London Knights, uh, number two, the Gold Storm, uh, number three, the Mississauga Steelheads, uh, number four, the Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, number five, the Flint Firebirds uh, for top face-offs, number six, the Saginaw Spirits. Uh, Let's see. And that's it. And those are the top six teams. And you know what? Uh, being a good face-off team will mean more possessions for you and more chances to score as well. And as you guys know, uh, let's see. Glow Storm this week we have two home games at the Sleeman Center. Uh, tomorrow night at 7.30 gets the Owen Sound Attack on Rogers TV and CJOY 1460. And then Saturday, November 20th, at 4 o'clock against the Sarnia Stings. I will be doing camera work for that game, and uh, the, that game will be on Rogers TV and CJOY 1460. Come out, see a very young Storm team that's very talented. They're off to a 9-6-1 and one start, and uh, they did acquire an overage defenseman this week uh, from the Sarnia Stings, uh, Cameron. Um, I'm trying to remember what his name is. Cameron Pushka, a defenseman, if I pronounce that right, uh, but uh, he should help their defense corps as well. Uh, just want to say thank you to everybody watching this live on my YouTube channel. I'm up to 67 subscribers, so if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe and like my YouTube channel. Uh, thank you to everyone watching this on Facebook Live and also on Twitter at Christie Pome If you like to follow me at Christie I'm up to 680 followers uh, now as well. And you guys can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. That's at Live with CDP on TikTok. And just to let you guys know, Live with CDP Podcast, the audio version, is going to be downloaded to Google Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox. And LinkedIn as well, if you prefer the audio version of my podcast instead of the live version. And also, just to let you know, StreamYards, the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Podcast. And also, guys, just to let you know, you guys can also follow me on social media. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook if you'd like to add me as a friend, Twitter at Christy Pomey, Instagram, Chris Palme. And please uh, consider subscribing to my YouTube channel and hit like to my uh, previous podcast as well. Alrighty, folks. and. Uh, the other news I wanted to wrap you guys up with is the Detroit Tigers uh, did sign starting pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez from Boston, five-year, $77 million deal. I think Rodriguez will be the number four starter for the Tigers this year. And as, and the other news is Justin Verlander, the former Tiger great, uh, is going to stay with the Houston Astros for one year, $25 million as well. And uh, some other news, uh, Robbie Ray wins his first Cy Young Award with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. And ironically, uh, Robbie Ray was a Detroit Tiger uh, pitcher with them in 2014. They have five pitchers from that team that have won um, uh, Cy Young Awards since then. And that's uh, Verlander, uh, Parcello, uh, David Price, now Robbie Ray. And I'm trying to Max Scheisser. So there's five guys from the Tigers starting rotation back in 14. That has won a Cy Young award. So that's just amazing. But congratulations to Robbie Ray and winning his first ever Cy Young award winner for the Toronto Blue Jays as well. And let's see, guys. Uh, Let's see. I'm just going to put on my next podcast here. If I do have another podcast tomorrow, guys, I will definitely let you know. Uh, But uh, we'll just put it right here. Again, my next live with CD podcast. Uh, is Monday, November 22nd at 10 a.m., uh, Steve Bell, again, uh, the play-by-play voice of the Windsor Spitfires and uh, radio, longtime radio personality of Windsor will come on, talk some Spitfire hockey, OHL, and his career in radio. If I do have another podcast before then, I will let you guys know. But anyways, guys, again, I want to say thank you so much to Kevin Allen um, for coming on and talking some Detroit Red Wings hockey. Uh, please consider following Kevin on uh, Twitter at By Kevin Allen or check him out on Facebook or check out um, – hockeybuzz.com, and again, um, Detroit Hockey now. He has really some really good columns, and especially if you're a Detroit right-wing fan and also a hockey fan as well. All right, guys, Uh, like I said, I'm going to wrap this up, but uh, four podcasts, four days. I just want to say thank you to all my guests and everybody for watching this again live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and check it out on audio after. So I hope everyone has a great day. Uh, Thursday night football is on tonight. Uh, New England Patriots taking on the Atlanta Falcons at 8-20. Uh, if the Patriots win tonight, they'll go to 7-4, and four, and they'll be tied with Buffalo for first in the AFC East. Uh, if they can uh, get the win tonight in Atlanta against uh, Matty Ice, or Matty Ice, Ryan, and the Atlanta Falcons as well. And the Eagles take on the New Orleans Saints, 1 o'clock Sunday at the Link in Philly. Can the Eagles finally win their first home game? And we'll cross our fingers, and if the Eagles can win, they'll be 5-6. and six. Go, Birds! Anyways, guys, uh, like I said, thank you, everybody, for watching Live with CDP podcast. I hope you realize how much I really love doing this podcast, and I've been lucky to have a lot of great guests on this show, especially like Kevin Allens. So anyways, guys, uh, have a great night, great weekend, and we'll see you guys soon for the next edition of Live with CDP podcast. Let's go, Red Wings.